Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby led weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited for today's episode. So we are actually doing a Q&A episode, not just one Q, not just one A, multiple Qs and multiple A's. And I'm excited because this is typically, if you follow me over on Instagram, you know, every Wednesday I open up a Q box and I try to answer as many questions on my stories that day as I possibly can amongst all the other things I'm juggling in my life. Um, And I love doing doing these question and answers. I think it's a really great opportunity to hear what you guys are struggling with and how I can help you and all the things. So I love doing it. Well, this week has been a little crazy because I'm just behind. If I'm being completely honest with you, I'm just behind. A lot of that has to do with the fact that I was on vacation last week and I own my own company. And when I go on vacation, the business is just kind of like waiting for me to come back (laughs) as evidenced by my inbox, my DMs, all the things waiting for me when I came home. Now, I'm super grateful for the work that I do and being able to go on vacation, all the things. Uh, But, you know, things just kind of back up. I thought I had prepared a little bit more ahead of time in preparation, but now I know record more podcast episodes beforehand. So I'm just a little behind, as you might notice, because this episode is dropping on Thursday and typically I drop them on Wednesday. That being said, I thought it would be an awesome opportunity to do a Q&A episode, which honestly I've been wanting to do for a while. So I'm taking the questions that you asked me on Instagram. I'm going to answer them here for you, kind of like rapid style. I'm hoping to get through as many questions as I typically do on a Wednesday here in this podcast episode. So I hope you enjoy this episode. If you do, please let me know because then I can do more of these and kind of like it'd be fun to do some bonus podcast episodes where I do this. Uh, I've also been talking about going live on Instagram to answer your questions, just kind of like mixing it up a little bit, you know? All right. And before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that right now, my BFF in real life, Brooke from Nutrition for Mamas on Instagram, and I are teaching a free class this coming Tuesday, July 27th, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, 8 p.m. Central Time. We're teaching a class together over at the Mama Well. And what this class is, is it is teaching moms how to leverage their nutrition so that it impacts their parenting in a really positive way. We're really excited to share this three-step process with you. It's something that we teach to our members, and it's really kind of like the meat of how we started as moms taking care of our own health whilst also taking care of a little one as well. We kind of took these basic steps and we turned it into a free training for you. So I would love it if you came and uh, checked it out with us. Like I said, it's this coming Tuesday. And in that class, you're going to learn this three-step method that we teach to our members that we follow ourselves to be able to leverage our nutrition to really show up presently with our kids and really chase after health in a way that's sustainable for us and our families. So we hope that you come and visit us there and uh, we can't wait to bring that class for you. So I'm going to leave the link in the description box below so you can click to register and snag your spot. Also, because I ask you guys so often what you struggle with with your nutrition and same thing with us over at the Mama Well account as well, 
uh, we hear so much that moms struggle with emotional eating, you know, the stress of the day with kids and everything you have to juggle. As soon as those kids go to bed at night, you're like, I want to eat the entire freaking kitchen, or you're so tired from the day that you skip your meals and you end up going to sleep. And you know, all of this is tied into what we call emotional eating. And we're actually giving away a free guide to anyone who comes to our live class next week. It is a complete emotional eating guide. And I think you'll find it really, really valuable and helpful. So uh, that is your free gift for just coming to hang out with us. So it's a win-win. So we hope to see you there. All right. Now, Let's hop into it. So I'm going to pull up my questions from Instagram. And this is kind of like what I do on a normal Wednesday and start pulling from them. So the first question, what kind of car do you have? What's your dream car? Okay, so this is funny because so just so you know, not all these questions are personal. A lot of them are nutrition based. So we'll get there. But I always kind of just do an ask me and everything because I think it's fun to kind of break it up. So dream car dream car. I honestly, like ever since I was a kid, loved Jeeps, loved Jeeps. My dad had a Jeep Grand Cherokee when we were growing up and I absolutely loved it. I don't even know what it was about it. So I feel like Jeep is my dream car. Um, My husband will probably never get one because he thinks that they're marketed as this like sportsy off-roady kind of car, but the price is like way too high for what it is. And it probably just won't happen, but that's my dream car. It's probably a Jeep. <laughs> what kind of car do you have? We have Hondas. Okay. We love that Honda life. Um, those things last forever and we drive our cars into the ground before getting new ones. We also have a Mercedes Sprinter van. Yes, a Mercedes Sprinter van is what we have. We are actually currently renovating the Sprinter van to be like a camper RV situation. Um, I never post on this account, but I do have an account that shows you kind of our updates along the way of transforming this Sprinter van into an RV. And it's at Miller Van Fam with uh, periods in between. So you can check me out over there. Seriously, do not expect regular posting though. So anyways, uh, those are the cars that we have. All right. Next question. Vitamins for young toddlers. Kids eat good variety, but I doubt she eats enough volume to hit recommended amounts. This is a great question. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I don't touch on vitamins very often on my account. Every once in a while, I talked about vitamin D a little while ago. I certainly talk about this inside uh, not only Table Talk, but my Table Talk membership as well. It's kind of an ongoing conversation we have about vitamins. Here's my thought process on it. I struggle to make blanket recommendations on Instagram. A, because it's not really ethical. B, because I am not uh, your dietitian. I am a dietitian. I am not your dietitian. I don't know your kids specifically. I don't know what they're struggling with. I don't know what they need. And vitamins are tricky for me because... When people blanket recommend vitamins, um, it can do harm. Uh, It actually can do harm, which I think a lot of people kind of gloss over and think like, oh, it's just a vitamin. It can't hurt. It actually can hurt. Um, So I don't want to like, this is like a whole episode in and of itself, but I do not recommend blanket vitamins unless there is a reason, unless you are certain that they're not meeting their needs, you've gotten them tested through their doctor, or you have done the math over time. Remember, nutrition is big picture, not just one meal. And over time, they're really not hitting what they need. And that's where you start to have a conversation with your dietitian or with your doctor as well. Um, So some of the vitamins that I see most often that I would recommend are vitamin D, 
100%. I like honestly feel most comfortable recommending that for almost blanket. Everybody is vitamin D deficient pretty much. Um, so that one, the next one is iron that we want to be concerned about, but that one I would not recommend unless they are deficient, unless there is blood work done and it shows that they're deficient. So iron and then, uh, calcium potentially zinc, (laughs) vitamin C, you know, those sorts of things. Now, inside Table Talk, I do go in depth about vitamins and minerals that are needed, how much are needed, and how to achieve that amount, and how to know that they're getting the right amount. So all of that is covered inside Table Talk. Um, what's really difficult, too, is that vitamins, although they are, um, they have like high percentage on the back end, that's actually not the absorption rate. That's how much is in there, not necessarily the absorption. And just in general, especially vitamins that are like multi, they're not absorbed as well. And so in my opinion, a lot of times we're just wasting our money. Whole food is the primary way we should be getting these vitamins and minerals. And even kind of on top of that, if we do decide to supplement, if we feel like that's a choice for us, then I would recommend taking supplements separately. I know none of you want to hear that. I don't even want to hear that. Um, But it's just something to kind of keep in mind. My other kind of um, issue with vitamins is sometimes when parents give their kids a multivitamin, it kind of gives them this like false sense of security, like, oh, they're getting what they need at their blanket level, like everything else is just a cherry on top. And that's really not how I would recommend viewing it because it actually takes us out of being active and proactive with picky eating and keeping a variety of foods and almost kind of gives us this like, I don't know, free pass almost of like, oh, it's fine. The vitamin will kind of fill in the gaps, right? That's something we've heard where in reality it should be flipped. It should be food first and vitamins if needed to fill in any gaps that are recognized and actual. So I hope that helps. (laughs) I hope that answers your question. It's uh, quite a bit going on. Okay. Let's move on to the next question. Rapid fire, Alyssa. This is getting long. (laughs) All right. Someone asked for good snack ideas for an almost two-year-old right before bedtime. So if you're going to do a bedtime snack, I recommend always offering a bedtime snack. Don't let it be dependent on how much or if they ate dinner. So that being said, I do recommend that a bedtime snack should be kind of boring. Like I would honestly pick like three to four things that you kind of cycle through to offer as a bedtime snack. We don't want anything too incentivizing for them to skip dinner. And um, also we don't want them to get all excited about, you know, all these foods right before they're supposed to be winding down to bed. So some of my favorite bedtime snacks include a glass of whole milk and a banana, um, or you can do a string cheese and some, like we have these almond flour crackers that we really like. Um, The next one would be a slice of toast with peanut butter or butter on it. And um, the other one that we do is an apple with peanut butter. So we're looking for that balance of protein, fat, and carbohydrates with fiber, um, but nothing too like crazy, if that makes sense. So kind of choose, you know, things that make sense for you and your family. All right. So the next question we've got, I love this. How many days in a row can one eat a bean sour cream burrito before it's too many? (laughs) This is a good question. Is this about you eating that or your child? (laughs) Because I think I would have different answers. Actually, that's probably not true. 
it's not too many. As long as there's a variety in other places, you know what? You do you. Food jags for kids are very, very common. And I think in an ideal world on paper, we would be adding variety to that bean and cheese burrito um, so that sometimes it has green peppers and sometimes spinach and maybe sometimes it's black beans and sometimes it's, you know, pinto beans or whatever. Um, adding some variety in there, whether it's for you or for your child, variety is super key for our gut health. That being said, I think sometimes we just get in a groove. Am I right? All right. Do you have a Peloton? What do you think of their app? Not just for cycling. 100% I have a Peloton. 100% I love it. 100% I actually use it the least for cycling, which is crazy to me. I do stretching. I do strength. I do yoga. Um, What else have I done? I can't even remember. Mostly strength. But I absolutely love their app. And in all reality, I have found their instructors to be very helpful, very positive, no shaming, like not all about like the fat loss, but so much about mental health, which I really, really appreciate. We actually talk a lot about this over at um, the Mama Well, so you can check it out there. Uh, We talk to our members a lot about Peloton and we've both been, me and Brooke meaning both, we've both been so pleasantly surprised with how positive the coaches are without being like super into diet culture, if you will. Okay. Let's go to the next question. How can I encourage, um, combining foods? My four-year-old already likes example, chicken plus cheese plus wrap equals quesadilla. Oh, I love that. Um, the best tip I have for you is let them make it with you especially a four-year-old, they can see all the components separately and then let them put it together themselves. I think that can go a huge or a huge, a long way. The other thing that I would recommend is to start really slow. So you can start with a quesadilla with just cheese and then you can put the chicken or whatever else on the side. So just starting one thing at a time to kind of integrate it. But mixed foods for sure is something that takes a while. I would say my son who's five, just now getting on board with the mixed tra- or the mixed food well, like in a way that, you know, is always true, not just like some foods he knows well mixed. I actually also have a podcast episode dedicated to mixed dishes that you might find helpful. So you can scroll back for that as well. All right. Next question. What's your favorite TV show? <laughs> I love this question so much. So I would say Friends, then The Office, then Psych, then maybe Monk. I'm going, I'm giving you a lot. And then probably anything on the Magnolia Network, like home decor, house renovation, that sort of thing. The new Magnolia Network. I'm loving it. This is not an ad, but I really do love it. So those are my favorite. I could probably think of some more, but mostly I like like comedy, (laughs) easy watching comedy, but also like the crime solving that's funny. Those are the shows that I like. (laughs) I hope that's helpful. Um, All right. The next question I've got is, what do I do when my little one continuously wants to drink my coffee? I get this question actually quite a bit. Um, You know, I talk a lot about not restricting kids around food and then, you know, things like coffee or alcohol. Uh, There are certain foods that we would absolutely restrict, right? So my biggest advice here is to give them a reason, right? So tell them why. So for like a choking hazard, you would say, mommy's job is to keep you safe. This food is not safe for you until you're 
five years old or until you're, you know, whatever. And I do the same thing with coffee and alcohol. So I let them know what my role is, what my intention is for them, why this food is not a safe food for them yet. And then as they age, you can kind of have a further discussion with them about why that is. Um, and you know, the legalities around like alcohol, but, um, when they're young, you just let them know that you have their best interest in mind. And, I just want to remind you that no one lives a life that doesn't feel like there's restriction. The whole point is to limit it, right? We can't completely avoid it, but that's why when we say yes as often as we can, our no's become much more powerful and impactful and honestly respected by our kids because it's not often that we say no. I hope that makes sense. All right. The next question is, why did you start a podcast? I love this question um, because I could talk forever. (laughs) I could literally talk forever. And because no joke, when I started on Instagram, I would have like 50 slides and I wouldn't even feel like I got my point across. And I realized that that's a problem with my communication, but I'm also just long winded and I enjoy speaking. I don't enjoy writing blog posts. I don't enjoy like long texts and situations. I like short, quick to the point. And for me, I am also like an external, um, processor. So you'll probably notice my podcast is maybe a little bit more conversational than others. That's because I'm literally talking out loud. I don't have notes. I don't have a list. I'm literally just chatting with you guys. And that's what I like. I mean, honestly, if this podcast was two-way, I think I would love it even more, which is why I love my calls inside Table Talk and Table Talk membership because it's two-way. And I love that so much. So I started a podcast because I wanted to get this information out to you guys quickly. And I can't do that if I'm writing. I, I just don't finish it. And then even if I finish it, I'm not kidding. I probably have 18 blogs saved to my website and they just haven't been published. (laughs) I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because I want to go back and edit them. I'm sure one day I will publish them. But for me, for now, it's podcasting. I love it. I love it. I also listen to podcasts. I consume podcasts like you would not believe. So it's also my favorite way to consume information. Pop in an AirPod, you know, take the kids for a walk, got a podcast stream in my ear, pushing the kids. It's the best. All right. And last question that came in that I'm going to be able to answer on this podcast, although I am certainly going to do this again, is should I be concerned that my two-year-old isn't using silverware yet? No, 100% no. Continue to offer that silverware, put it down with her meal. You use silverware in front of her, but silverware is great, right? And developmentally, of course, it's something we want them to learn, but this takes time. So often we see other kids using spoons so proficiently on Instagram or wherever, and we're like, wait, why doesn't my kid do that? But in all reality, there's a part of me that actually likes when kids use their hands to eat food. A lot of times that creates a better tactile experience for them, which means they're getting hands-on experience with foods that makes them a little bit more open-minded to different foods and textures and things versus using a silverware. That's actually um, a barrier between them and the food. So although, yes, it is an important skill to learn over time, we continue to model, we continue to encourage, we continue to offer them the opportunity to learn, but it's not something that I would necessarily worry about. In all reality, if they're still not using silverware at all by like three, maybe, um, I would maybe start to worry. Honestly, I would have an open dialogue with your pediatrician now anyways, just making sure developmentally they're still able to like bring food to their mouth, all the things. Um, But I wouldn't be like worried, okay? And even still being proficient with utensils, five, six, 
you know, like my son, I feel like is just now getting to a place where it's like, he's cutting food, he's eating food, he's stabbing food correctly. He's not, you know, accidentally hitting his teeth or whatever, when he's putting it in his mouth, like this takes time. Sometimes we forget that we have 30 years of experience. At least I have 30 years of experience with these sorts of things. And, uh, we expect everything to happen really quickly. So anyways, all that to say, I wouldn't be concerned about it. Maybe have a conversation with your pediatrician, but it, it sounds like they're just not proficient with it. Maybe they like play with it and they get frustrated and they're hungry and they're like, screw this. I just want to eat. And then they start using their hands. So I hope that was helpful. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, this little Q and a, I definitely, intend on doing more of them because I think they're really fun and I think they're really really helpful and um yeah I just liked it so I hope you guys liked it as well and I will catch you next week thank you so much for tuning in today I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes and if you like this episode please subscribe and tell all your mom friends and as always the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review which also helps other mamas like you find this podcast too. You can find more from me on Instagram at nutrition for littles. Do you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast? Email me at Alyssa at nutrition for All right. Until next time, mamas.